This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, this is Colin, voice of Randy Beeman's pal from Animaniacs, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, bye. And welcome, everybody, to a special episode of the Animaniacast. Chicken Boo, what's the matter with you? You don't act like the other chickens do. You wear a disguise to look like human guys, but you're not a man, you're a chicken boo. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Animated Cast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs, as well as other shows in the uh, Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Avengers, Pinky in the Brain, and Freakazoid. We revisit each episode and we discuss the cultural references and gags, or at least all the ones we can possibly think of, and we share our memories of watching the episode for the first time and then of course in the end we give each episode a water tower rating but today we have a very special interview i am joey and joining me once again are my co-hosts my brother nathan i want to sit on scorsese's head (laughs) and across the country in georgia it's kelly hi there (laughs) (laughs) when when nathan said that it, it didn't sound right it didn't sound right. <laughs> and from sunny California, it's the creator of Animaniacs, Mr. Tom Ruger. Hello, nurse. <laughs> and joining us for the first time, she's an actress, a director, and one of the writers of Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. It's Deanna Oliver. Hello, everybody. Hello, Deanna. Welcome to the Animaniacs. This is, it's been a long time coming. Uh, glad we were finally able to get you on. Um, you're just, you Thank know. Thank you for asking me. It's a it's a pleasure and a delight. I'm so happy to see all of you. Yay! <laughs> well, of course, we've had you know we have these missing pieces in in the circle around Deanna. Of course, all the you know different writers and even her son Colin has been on the show. Uh, so it's it's nice to finally get you on. Um, well, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking to Deanna today about. Uh, really, I guess you're not only just your life in show business, but really uh, your work on uh, Animaniacs and also Tiny Toon Adventures. So I think uh, it, I don't know really where the best place to start would be, but I think maybe the best place to start would be to talk about a little bit about the Groundlings, perhaps, because I know you've been working with the Groundlings for for many years, haven't you? Yes, I started I think in '83, and I was a company member. And I performed. And then in the early 90s, I started directing. And I've been directing ever since. The main shows, the gas show. And I love improv and I love the comedy and all of the people that you meet there are so inspiring and hysterical. And they really help you with your own writing and your own sense of humor. And uh, it's been a big, big part of my life until the pandemic. Yes, and of course, now that you know, it's all shut down. We're all shut down to at least twenty twenty one. I'm assuming, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a while. Wow. So I miss it, but it's it's been a big influence in my life. And that's where I met Sherry Stoner, who was working on Tiny Tunes. And one day I got really hungry and I called, I think I called Sherry and I said, I have an idea for a Tiny Tunes episode. And it was Sepulveda Boulevard. And then she read it by Tom and then they were so nice to bring me in. And I got to work with Tom. So well, that- I, I think Sepulveda Boulevard was my first t- Tiny Tunes and it was so fun and so great. And I learned so much. And Tom, oh, now I'm talking too much. Am I talking too much? No, no, no. Uh, Tom's been my mentor ever since. I've learned everything I know about animation writing and writing and life in general from Tom Ruger. Yes, it's true. Uh, the one thing he, this is for your listeners. The one thing he always impressed in my mind was write what you see, write what you hear. And I just always, even to this day, I think, Okay, what would Tom do? Write what you see, write what you hear. And it's just been the uh, one of the best parts of my life. Also, I'm glad I was brave enough to call because I thought, well, who, they're not going to want to do Sepulveda Boulevard. But then they did. And it was so, they're so creative and so out there and so uh, nonconformist. Like, how would you call a television show and say, can I please write one of your episodes? And then they said, yes. It was so great. So changed my life forever. And because, I, I, well, little story. When I was 11 in Spokane, Washington, growing up there, I called uh, Creme TV and said, I would like to do a cooking show, please. And, <laughs> and they said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 11, but I, I know how to cook. And they said, no, you're too young. So, flash forward, I called Tiny Tunes and they said yes. So it never hurts to call. <laughs> just keep putting yourself out there. Um, which is, I think it's pretty funny that I just rewatched Sepulveda Boulevard today as well. And the, the plot, of course, uh, revolves around uh, Montana trying to send a script basically to uh, who's the who's the, the executive or the producer? What's his name? Cooper DeVille. Cooper, Cooper DeVille. DeVille. And Cooper looks kind of similar to you, Tom. Is this? He's a, tub, he's a tubby uh, caricature of me. Yes. Yeah, so. How ironic that it's about trying to get a script to essentially Tom Ruger. It's a very life-imitating art right there. I, I watched this episode today just because I recalled it being Deanna's first script, Sepulveda Boulevard, Tiny Tunes. And I, I tell you, Deanna, you were, you were way beyond us on a level of uh, understanding comedy and what's funny. You were like on this meta level and that script, I think, breaks like every sort of fourth wall that ever existed. From the very, from the very beginning, uh, it's it's all these great inside jokes, very sophisticated. I don't think we were that as, I mean, you were definitely a huge comic addition to the gang there. Oh, uh, I mean, you had all these sort of in-jokes where uh, Montana Max had a, his own writing business card, a cartoon writer, and <laughs> it had his name on it, but it had it crossed out. Uh, Mike Maltese's name was crossed out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good um, other, you know, And from the very beginning of the cartoon, uh, Montana Max is making comments about that the, 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 the music in the background is way too loud. It's got too many stings in it. I can't even think. <laughs> That's me, Montana Max, cartoon writer. 
How'd I end up here? In the gutter on Sepulveda Boulevard? I'll tell you if you quit with the big music stings already. I mean, it's also, of course, the, just a brilliant parody of, uh, of uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. With Elmira playing uh, the Norma Desmond role. And <laughs> it's, it's just fantastic. It's the cartoons that got small. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that I'm cute? I recognize that voice. You're Elmira Desmond, star of all those cutesy tune cartoons back in the 30s. You used to be big. I am big. It's the cartoons that got small. It's her mind that got small. Hampton plays the Eric von Stroheim butler role. Uh, and uh, and uh, a line that Deanna yeah. uh, put in the script, and she has probably uh, used this line on me to make me laugh every month or so, uh, ever since then. So for the last 30 years, she'll, she'll just say to me, out of nowhere, wipe your feet, wipe your feet. <laughs> Hampton's standard line. Go on, madame is waiting. Wipe your feet. Haven't come upstairs, Yummy Whammy. Upstairs, wipe your feet. We skipped some stuff about Deanna that I, I, I just don't want to get, I, I want to make sure we mention that Deanna's the youngest person I ever met who won a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about that. I, in the mid-90s, after I'd been directing the Groundlings for a while, I won LA Weekly's Lifetime Achievement Award for directing the Groundlings because I directed all of them and I loved it. And they were good shows and great shows. And they gave me that award. And I said, I'm still alive, but (laughs) 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 I thought that was for older people, but I accepted it. It was great. Yeah. That's a nice award to have. I think you won some theater uh, directing awards just for, for specific things as well. I won a, uh, for holiday dinner for best acting ensemble. I can't think of anything else. Oh, I won Groundbreaker Groundlings back in the day. Some Groundling Award. Ah. Anyway, very accomplished. Thank you. So when she showed up at uh, at Tiny Tunes, um, I mean, she definitely brought this really smart uh, comic mind, a a new voice to the whole show. And, and, you know, and then she, she turned around and made these really seminal Tiny Tune episodes that uh, impacted the rest of everything we, we made. I mean, the the Grandma's Dead uh, episode is really smart, and it really it was it was sort of like creating a sitcom concept for the whole Elmira family. And uh, Stephen, I think, was the one interested in seeing something like that happen. He 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 was trying to figure out what would be a good spinoff and. Uh, the, the Elmira family, the Elmira Duff, I think is what right. they came up with. I dropped in to say goodbye. Your granny's going to play contract bingo in Peeny Wawa. <gasps> What's wrong? Did I forget my teeth? No, I got them. Jan Brady's done for. Jan Brady of the Brady Bunch. Of course, 
Yes, Eve Plum. Well, she might be out of the public eye, but to say she's done for is a bit much. It's her hamster, Dad. I'm off to Peeny Wawa. Peeny what what? <laughs> Come on, don't be sad. Be the other way. And then, um, but I think maybe even more important was what uh, Deanna did with Two-Tone Town, where those characters looked so appealing and they were so gorgeous. And I mean, that gave us truly uh, the backbone of our concept behind uh, Animaniacs, where we saw how, how good those characters looked and we realized, well, we, we can go further with those. <laughs> ah, the Hughes recognized me, huh? Hughes? Nah, we're Buster and Dab's bunny. No relation. In Two-Tone Town, we call you tunes Hughes. Because, sister, <laughs> you got color. I loved that one because it was partly in black and white. and was like, oh, my God, what a dream. And was it Foxy, Roxy, and... Yeah, and Goopy Gear. Goopy Gear, yes. Aren't those Goopy Gears a real guy, isn't he, from Warner Brothers? It's more Foxy and Roxy, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think Foxy so. and Roxy were real. Uh, they, they made a few cartoons in the early 30s, and then they yeah. went to But I love that they were stuck in Two-Tone Town, and they'd lost their sound effects and, you know, those things that make them funny, and they got them back, and it was a good yep. adventure. It, was a, it felt a little more serious, more cinematic. It was fun. Absolutely. And there's... In that particular uh, half-hour cartoon, there's a sequence at the Hollywood Bowl with uh, Buster uh, oh, yeah. dressed as uh, Robin Hood. And I think in the entire uh, Tiny Toons uh, series, it's maybe uh, the best animated sequence featuring uh, classic uh, Looney Tune characters because Daffy Duck is leading the orchestra and right. Buster is arriving to take the music back for right. the two characters. And this sequence is, you know. Yeah, that, I think yeah. that was your idea, Tom. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I think, don't recall that. Know, but, yeah. I, I knew they were gonna steal musical notes, but you said, let's do that, that. Yeah, that was well, brilliant. It was be beautifully Great animated. Yeah. yeah. I remember that episode as a kid, just really enjoying it, especially being a fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and just the idea that tunes are real and they're actors and they're uh -huh. you know they're they they have uh, personalities outside of the actual performance on the cartoon right. itself uh, and especially i think nickelodeon at that that around that time of the late 80s early 90s actually showed some of those old foxy loxy you know bosco cartoons right. and stuff that you would see them like on their looney tunes lineup and they were just so one-dimensional yeah. and flat it was nice to see them in a you know next to buster and rabs and actually like well these are now they're funny <laughs> compared yeah. to how it was back in the 30s and everything which is pretty you know mickey mouse copying the formula and just you know see if we can make money doing that i suppose um and they did a spoof of the tiny tunes theme song and i actually listened to it the other day i don't know why but i don't even understand the lyric of do you like our ears and butts either up or down what, what? We're, we're here in two-tone town yeah, <laughs> we're in two do you like our ears or butts either up 
or down. What does that mean? <laughs> That's from uh, Babs. Do you like my ears better up or down? That was one of Babs's uh, right. sort of but, but? obnoxious <laughs> ones. And they were being taught this. Babs was being their acting coach. Right. And, but, uh, but butts? They, 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 took it, they took it into a different well, level. Butts, is, butts, butts are funny. Is funny. Yeah. Butts yeah, are funny. But it's like, why? <laughs> zany. Are, Good stuff. Zany. That's Foxy and Wopsy. That's straight out of Wopsy. On two around adventures, it's a two-tone day. Yes, we be as lucky. I'm really hups and ducky. And don't forget to be on those old piano keys. So come join the two tones and our sporty family. Hilarious adventures, Ebony and Ivory. We're two tones, the loony. We're wacky, silly, coony. And do you like our ears and butts better up or down? Let's go to two-tone town. Yep. And Rob Paulson there, he was doing a little bit of a wiseacre uh, voice there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Setting up his future for uh, Yakko. Yeah. Well, you okay. definitely, oh. you definitely, I, I was, when I was rewatching some of the episodes on Tiny Toons today, you, you, I really noticed you were, had a, a knack of referencing a lot of uh, older films within the cartoons that you were writing here, especially the ones with Elmira that I had revisited. Obviously we talked about Sunset Boulevard, but then with Can't Buy Me Love, which we reviewed, uh, has a, a, a Elmira with this mean girl who is kind of like from the bad seed. Is oh, yeah. The pigtails, yeah. the girl with the pigtails. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and of course, she, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, with Elmira with Grandma's Dead, uh, did you? So you wrote of the uh, of the episodes right here that I have right here. Uh, six uh, Tiny Tune episodes. Three of them uh, feature Elmira heavily. Uh, the stuff that you were writing. So I guess my question is, is: Did you did you seek out Elmira as somebody to write for, or was this just like given to you by Tom or whomever? I think it was given to me, but they were also, as Tom said earlier, kind of segueing into the Elmira Duff show. So there was a kind of a focus on her character. Plus, I like Elmira. She looks like me. <laughs> as long as she doesn't act like you, uh, no. or you don't act no. like her, then I suppose that's okay. Hey, is your dog there? My dog, yeah. Yeah, you should. Is he nearby? No, he's way over there. He's mad okay. at me. Oh, okay. um, but uh, she, she's very good to her pets, unlike Elmira. <laughs> yes. Plus, he wants to hug them and squeeze them and love them and hold them. And- <laughs> <laughs> I heard one of our uh, one of our listeners, and I I, for, I don't have the name off the top of my head, but one of our listeners actually asked if uh, they heard that Elmira was one of Steven Spielberg's favorite characters. Is that is that true? I suppose it might be because of the uh, him wanting to do a sitcom and everything, and the fact that uh, he uh, it was all for combining Elmira with. Pinky in the Drain many years later. So, uh, yeah, no, he he, he he was definitely amused by Elmira. Uh, we won't get into Pinky Elmira and the brain right now. I know that there's some people out there that have very strong opinions. Tom, you and, one of them. You know, you talk to kids uh, when the show was on. Um, they were aware that Elmira was uh, a problem child. I mean, they you know, kids didn't love Elmira. Uh, they 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 were annoyed by her, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think we learned a little lesson there. Um, 
one of the other episodes right here uh b- before we you know start getting into to animaniacs as well was uh weekday afternoon live which you co-wrote with peter hastings and paul dini um and you happen to of course through the groundlings have met many of the people who have gone on yeah. to saturday night live um mm-hmm. can you tell us like some of the some of the the names because i was going over the groundlings listing and going oh my goodness there's like right ep- well like- i started directing in the 90s so the most I'm familiar. I work well. I worked with John Lovitz and Phil Hartman, and uh, let's see who. And I know Lorraine Newman. I worked with her in the groundlings. And then when I directed, I directed Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, Chris Parnell. I know I'm going to miss somebody. Melissa McCarthy. I also directed Ben Falcone, who wasn't on Saturday Night Live, but he's Terry O'Terry. Terry O'Terry. Yes, we're buddies. And she did voices on the, she did a voice on 7D, which was delightful. Sherry O'Terry will fare. I mean, just so many. Yeah. And I also directed um, Lisa Kudrow. Oh, so many. That's right. Because so- Conan, Conan O'Brien came from the Groundlings as well. Um, Conan O'Brien was in the Sunday company. He used to come to my backyard when I lived in Sherman Oaks and I would help him learn song improvs for the Sunday company. Wow. But then he took off. He went to do his own show. So th- he's great. I mean, they're all just fabulous people. Yeah. You know, if if anybody somebody. goes to the Groundlings, uh, just groundlings.com, uh, you can see a listing of the alumni and even some of the folks that are uh, currently in the company. Uh, just folks like I see, like Ryan Gall on here, Julian Gaines. Yes. He's uh, in the last. Yeah. I've directed yeah. him a lot. Yeah. So just and you can go online and find photos of Deanna in many of her performances, <laughs> yes. her roles uh, as uh, many of her crazy characters. And we'll get to one of them at the end. That Tom, you put out a little video, some videos recently of one of these crazy oh, that, characters. That, that's fantastic. Boy, oh boy, we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, I should we should we move into our discussion about Animaniacs and things like that? Well, I think we should, before we do that, can we mention a feature film? Yes. Diana, uh, many, uh, is it anniversary of a feature film, Deanna? Yes, it's, is it the 30th, time or the 25th? I'm, think, well, it, it was 1987. Uh, right. Brave Little Toaster. Yes. I'm the Brave Little Toaster, so. I, I'm Deanna, Brave Little, all, all of the movies, but the, the good one was the first one. And, um, and you're the, you are the voice of the Brave Little Toaster. Yes. Yes. I don't understand how chores could be fun. Not supposed to be fun. It's work. I don't like to work without the master. Well, okay. If you guys don't want to work, why don't we play a game? A game? What sort of a game? What are the rules? There's only one rule. You can't stop till the house is clean. Jerry Reese and company came to the Groundlings looking for real voices and comedy voices. And I originally went into audition for the air conditioner as Betty. <laughs> I know I was, I did Betty Davis. You know, it's cold. I don't know if I can still do it, but I did it. <laughs> and I was just talking to them and Jerry Reese said, why don't you audition for toaster? And I was like, no, that's the lead. I, I can be the air conditioner. He goes, no, no, no. Read for toaster. And he thought there was something warm about my voice and he wanted real. So I got the part and I was so thrilled. I couldn't even, I couldn't even believe it. Couldn't believe it. I thought I was just going to be an air conditioner in out, boom, boom. And then I got to be toaster 
So it's a beautiful film. How many film. poster movies were there? There are three. The first one was in 1987. The second one was 10 years later. I think it goes to Mars or college. To and Mars, then, I think. <laughs> yeah, Mars. And then the next one was Brave Little Toaster Goes to College. But oh, it's funny because wow. 10 years later, I was like, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What's on them? What we got? I'll see if I can do it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> now the the last two are on Disney Plus, uh, but the original one is still not on Disney Plus. I guess I keep looking for it. Well, they, yeah, and, uh, there are rights issues. I yes, yeah, we're still waiting for certain things like the Seven D. I think is in Japan, Seven D as well, but not on Seven Disney Plus has not yet put. Uh, Seven D on there either. It's except unless you're in Japan, which is so. Hopefully, we'll get that as well. But yeah, it, it, I know Nathan uh, and Kelly. I, I don't know about you, but I mean, growing up, I, gosh, we watched the Brave Little Toaster on the Disney Channel like all oh, yeah. the time. We love that. It's like my whole life because like it came out the year I was born. That's so. true. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, a lot of people love that. It, they grew up with that, and it's a really, really nice film. Yeah, it has a, I, I like it. The SAG, do you still get something from SAG? Oh, yeah. Poster? From for oh, great. Toaster. I'm one, glad. Time, I'm, one time I got $350 recently. Hey. Wow. Nice. That's dinner. It goes down. Yeah. It goes down. <laughs> it's been years. <laughs> so, Deanna, uh, you know, it's like Sherry had this thing where she had been a little mermaid thing uh, modeled for that. And Deanna was the brave little toaster. So, we had basic. <laughs> We had animation royalty right. <laughs> every day working on Tiny Toons and then Animaniacs. So it was, that was awesome. Yes, yeah, not, not, not every funny. show not every show can get a mermaid and a toaster on it. So, you know, that's great. That's uh, believe me, we kept reminding them. <laughs> yeah. There's no one's toaster, so. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? You know, it's the cartoons that got small. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's move into uh, to Animaniac. So, from working on ti- on Tiny Toon Adventures, uh, how was the transition to working on uh, Animaniacs, and how did the development of certain characters come about? Because I because I know you're credited with uh, with creating some of these uh, characters that we all know from the show. Well, Tom created the show, and then he opened it up to let's do a lot of other little shorts. So, Tom created Animaniacs, the you know Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. And then, well, how'd you do that, Tom? You just said, let's, it was so open and free and, and you could bring in anything. That's what the joy was. Tom said, bring in any idea you have. And it was so great. And then uh, different people would lobby for different ideas. There was one point where uh, Rita and Runt were lobbying, there was lobbying for them to be the hosts. And, you oh, know, yeah. it, and it turned out Yakko, Wacko, and Dot took that spot. Um, there was lobbying for uh, different characters, some of whom didn't make it. Uh, there were a couple characters that uh, the and by the way, man, I, it's so weird. I just found the development. There it goes. Echo <laughs> and Chuck Walla. Now this is yep. something that Deanna wrote. They are uh, they're our Rocky and Bullwinkle. It says here, Deanna. Gecko is hip, outrageous, pretty pink lizard girl. She's short. She has weak limbs and a large head. She has suction pads on her feet, which she can use to her advantage to defy gravity and cling to walls and cliffs. 
but which can also get her stuck going nowhere if she panics, she gets nervous or sweats. Then her suction pad glands are activated at the wrong time in the wrong place. She can be impudent, yet lovable, irreverent, yet innocent, smart and mischievous. She tends to go cross-eyed when under a lot of pressure. <laughs> Chuckwalla is the large green lizard, all oh boy. His, his impossibly long tongue is his source of power, and he uses, he uses it to help them out of danger, to grab things out of, uh, out of other towns, <laughs> to lasso the moon, whatever is necessary at the time to help save the day. His weakness is his tail. It can snap off and it takes time to grow a new one and he hates to be seen with a stub. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's crazy. He's crazy about Gecko, but she doesn't have time for him. Maybe he disguises himself as a dumb nerd type, but then whirls into tongue boy or apple glottis man. So Gecko and Chuck Wilde live in heat rash heights. Or point prickly heat in the desert, but their adventures carry them to any location in the world in the universe. The villains are uh, Garf Gopher, think Danny DeVito. He's a silly little evil head who lost his shadow on Groundhog's Day in 1969. He's been bitter ever since. And Rita Rat, think Rhea Perlman. So it was Danny DeVito and Rhea <laughs> Perlman as the villains. And she's a, uh, you know, she's the villainous rat with a really big hairdo. Anyway, I, I isn't Bob, that why didn't we do that? Why did I we know. not? The, the, the tongue, the tongue is a great thing. Yeah, it's a visual. I mean, Stretch Armstrong, sit back. That's, you could yeah. you could reach out to the next town for something. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, this book I have here is filled with these sorts of things, and. Uh, I mean, Deanna worked on all sorts of different developments, but one one concept that she never got, from what I can see, any credit for, and uh, on screen. But the fact is, she created Mindy and Buttons. So let's hear. I'd love to hear about that from Deanna. How that? Oh, that out. was my when my sister Kathy was little. She was tied to the house, and we had a big dog named Buttons. So originally it was Kathy and Buttons and how she would escape and the dog would have to go and save her and, and get smashed every time. But we couldn't use the name Kathy, so we just changed it to Mindy. But that's literally my how I grew up in the country in Springdale, Washington. My sister harnessed to the house because she was a run, you know, she just run away. And the dog would have to go get her. Anyway, it, and they let us do that. It was your own real life on the screen. How about, wasn't there someone next door, a next door neighbor kid when yeah, you were in Yeah, that's where we got the voice. Because the next door neighbor kid said, okay, I love you, bye-bye, all the time. Okay, I love you, bye-bye. Hello, I love you, bye-bye. Constant, the high voice neighbor girl. That was her voice. And then Buttons was a big German shepherd. Oh, that was so cute. Very cute show. Everything okay out here, honey? Hi, lady. Call me mom. If you need me, I'll be inside drafting a PTA resolution against negligent mothers. Okay, lady, I love you. Bye-bye. But that's the point. We got to do all kinds of things. Well, that, uh, for instance, the Randy Beeman kid is all uh, Deanna and her son, uh, Colin. So, Well, again, Tom, that, remember, was real life because Colin was in uh, grade school and he would come home and say, my friend Randy Beeman says one time 
and then tell a story. <laughs> and then I went in with Tom and I were talking. I go, Colin said one time Randy Beeman said he ate a, a he ate his pillow and thought it was a marshmallow. You know, some stupid kind of urban urban myth. And then Tom said, well, why don't we do that? I said, okay. <laughs> and then because it was my son's friend at school, Colin got to come in and do the voice because he was a kid and he sounded like the guy and he just told the stories. It's so cute. It's so great. One time, okay, see, one time Randy Beeman's little brother ate Pop Rocks and drank a soda at the same time and his head exploded. Okay, bye. <laughs> They're adorable. They really hold up. And that was really the, the one of the great things about the Animaniac show is that we did have the freedom to just like, hey, is this a funny idea? Then let's do it. Yeah. We really, we had no one saying no. Uh, we, we had a decent idea. Now, I did say no, just to sort of bring this all back to uh, the cartoon reality of things. There was a, a concept Deanna had that I was just kind of reluctant about it. I said, that, I don't even understand that idea, Deanna. So can you tell them about that, Deanna? Which one, baby? <laughs> <laughs> the one that we ultimately became a very successful character. Oh, you- okay. So I said, it wouldn't it be funny to have a chicken named Hannibal Lecter? No, Han- what was his name? Hannibal the Cannibal who was living alone on a mountaintop because he was felt so bad about eating eggs because he felt like he was cannibalizing his own race. <laughs> and Tom said, ah, geez, cannibalism. <laughs> I don't think so. And then it became, he became uh, like a Boo Radley guy who dressed up in disguise so that he could be a human guy and infiltrate any situation. And that was chicken boo. But no, that started out as a cannibal chicken who lived alone on a mountaintop. So right. thank God Tom steered me in the right direction. <laughs> no, but I didn't. But then, so, and I, so she came in finally said, okay, it's Chicken Boo, and he dresses up in different disguises. And he thinks, he wants to pass as a human. He's a, so I said, what do you mean he's a big, he's a six foot tall chicken. And I said, no. <laughs> no, I don't. That doesn't sound like it makes any sense. And uh, Can we- and so Chicken Boo was not in the show. Right. And uh, so Deanna would come in. Now, I don't. What was the first Chicken Boo that ever got made, Deanna? Uh, Chicken Boo Rishnikov. Yeah. So she kept coming in with these different uh, little ideas. Uh, she'd be talking about something else. She'd be pitching like, uh, a read it and run. Or, right. Uh, or, a, you know, yakka whack one And then she would sneak in something about, uh, she'd tell a story about a ballet dancer. I said, no, what? what? And, so, and it turns out he's a chicken, a giant chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, stop. No. No, that was about and, 10 weeks of that. But she was relentless. Yes, <laughs> she, she wouldn't give it up. And it, it started really making me laugh. And I said, okay, you win. That, that, honestly, Chicken Boo is here today. Thanks to the perseverance and creative comic genius of Dan Oliver. But it was also funny to see Tom squirm. Because you could <laughs> say, well, what if he's like a Davy Crockett kind of chicken? <laughs> and he'd go, get out of here. But finally, I can't remember, you finally said, just, I thought you just did it to get, get me out of your hair. Like, just go write it. Oh, yeah, I got 
chicken booth. And then you wrote a theme song for him. Yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it turned, I, I honestly, chicken booth, he, he uh, is uh, going to stay. He, he, he yeah. will, he will come back someday. I yeah. Think. He's, he's important. Warner Brothers and, finally. And I understand the animators like Chicken Boo because it was kind of a formula. Like they could come up with, he's a ninja. Turns out he's a chicken. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> so, so fun. Warner Brothers finally made an official Chicken Boo t-shirt, by the way. I've seen it in a oh. few online places. It oh, just I have says, one. Uh, yeah. Sherry Stoner sent me one. I can't remember what it says. I think it just I'm says, not, he's, I'm not a man, I'm a Chicken Boo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it there's definitely a fan base for Chicken Boo. Uh, some of our listeners, uh, when I said that you were going to be on the show, uh, Deanna, they they said uh, that Drew right here, for example, says uh, just thank you for Chicken Boo. Mitch, uh, who uh, as well, just said thank you for Chicken Boo. He's one of their favorite characters. And <laughs> Drew, and so the boo, the Boo came from Boo Radley. Am I, is that, yeah. That, okay. But Drew has a, a follow-up question with that. Is there any deep reason why he wants to be part of human society? <laughs> no. It started out as Campbell. No. I, I used to say it was about racism because you, you think of him as fine, but then you discover he's not, you know, what we all are. And then you don't like him suddenly. So that's how you yeah. They yeah. love him. They yeah. love him. He's, the, he's, he's a genius on every level, in every uh, way of life, in every labor he does. And yet then when they sit, realize he's made of chicken meat and feathers, right. they uh, suddenly turn on him. And it made no sense. It's wrong. He's still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But once they find out he's not what they want him or thought him to be or one of them, he's an other. So that's why. I mean, yeah. it's a little deep, but it's basically just common. Right. That's that, that is it. I yeah. know. I, I know. We've kind of. I, I think Nathan Kelly. We've kind of alluded to that as well in some ways yeah. of, of uh, trans rights and things like that, and how today, how we hear, you know, people are accepted up until the point, like you were saying, Deanna. Like, when they're it, I think he identifies it, as a human. Exactly. Like. <laughs> exactly. But then it's not right to go. Well, you're not what we thought you were. So get out of here. And they boot him out of town. He's a chicken! A chicken! Ah! Ah! It's true! He is a giant chicken! Please, please control yourselves! I did not know he was poultry! You are the worst dancer I have ever seen! There's many, many different Chicken Boo uh, cartoons. I'm just going to go to to Nathan Kelly and and Tom, uh, even as you, if you want to join in. Uh, I'm going to list off the ones that uh, Deanna is credited as writing, and then you can tell me which one you think is the, the best and why. Okay? Yeah. So we have uh, Chicken Boo Rishnikov, of course, the ballet one. We have Davy Omelette, which is the, <laughs> of course, uh, Davy Crockett. <laughs> That was a fight in a bar. Uh, born in a chicken coop. <laughs> <laughs> the good, the, the you ever did see. <laughs> Keep going. The good, the boo, and the ugly. 
the yes, the big kiss, of course. Which I I remember that was one of the uh, in the promos quite a bit. They kept showing uh, for the you know watch Animaniacs premiering on Fox, and they would always show the woman going I kiss chicken lips, and I remember going oh I got to check out this show Animaniacs where a woman's going to kiss a chicken. Uh, uh, let's see, we have uh, Katie Kaboo, uh, wow. General Beauregard. Uh, Jingle Boo, uh, which I think Colin is actually in that Colin's one. Colin's in well. that one, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Kung Boo. Chicken, Ma, a giant chicken! <laughs> <laughs> Kung Boo and the Chicken Who Loved Me. Uh, so many great ones right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kelly, what, which one of those would your favorite be? Last one I would have chosen if you had mentioned Kung Boo. Yeah. yeah. That's. I thought you were going to say that one. Kelly's a huge Karate Kid fan. Uh, Nathan, if you were to pick, which one of those do you think stands out for you? Well, my favorite Katie Kaboom is Katie Kaboo. But uh, (laughs) I think the chicken who loved me, just the whole uh, 007. Yeah. I wanted to see that as a spinoff cartoon. Just show Chicken Boo as 007, like the entire time. That one I thought had legs. Yeah, that Uh, one could go for an hour. Yeah, definitely. And and Tom, I don't know. You have a you have a personal favorite of. Yeah, I'd probably go. I don't know why. The good, the boo, and the ugly. I like a lot. Yes, that's that's my favorite. Good, the boo, and the ugly. Especially all those shots, right from the film, mm-hmm. right from the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the music and the standoff and people running and diving in barrels oh. and. No, that is the man with no personality. Some say he robbed a bank and saved a puppy at the same time. Is he for the law or gin it? Nobody knows, because he ain't got no personality. Some say that high plains drifter is a chicken. <laughs> Ma'am, you may be the fastest spaghetti slinger in the West, but you sure ain't no judge of character. That guy's a chicken, I tell you, a giant chicken. No man who saves a puppy is a chicken. The good, the boo, and the ugly was the one that I was going to pick until Joey got to Kung Boo. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, they're all so and I also like the, I like the, the Davy Omelette uh, it, it, for the, the title alone. Yeah, that's fun. I always love the title card on that one where it goes, in color, you know. It's, <laughs> uh, well, the David Crockett show had that yes. on it. Yeah. because that was like the first big year of color on TV. Oh, so fun. <laughs> Shut up. That's John Mariano. He's the voice of Bobby from The Good Feathers. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. <sighs> oh. <sighs> Will you untie me now? Shh, call it. I'm listening to the program. Deanna also created The Good Feathers. And, yes. And and there was a huge amount of brilliant stuff uh, in the Good Feathers. But before we do that, I think it's fair to spend a moment on what is, I think, uh, maybe inarguably uh, the very best Rita and Runt cartoon. And uh, that is, of course, uh, the one that Deanna wrote, Les Miserables. Oh, that was great. I love that. That's a fun one. There is a flat in Capelry, safe on a tree-lined avenue. 
No cats a la carte on the menu Not in my flat in gay Paris There is a chef of fine cuisine He is a vegetarian As he prepares a fine banquet He says, Rita, you're my beloved pet I know a flat where I can nap Safe on a chair or in a lap I won't end up in a recipe Not in my flat in Capri It's gorgeous, it's brilliant, it's hilarious The, the music, the lyrics and Deanna, you know, since since uh, then, I, I've had the privilege of going to see Deanna do an improv. And she does uh, every maybe three or four times a year, she does this uh, improv musical where she and some of her uh, improv pals get together and the audience offers up all these suggestions and they create on the spot a full-length musical uh you know, depending on what the title of the subject is. And uh, and I realized, I mean, Deanna's working on a level of comedy that I can't even comprehend. I don't know how she does it, how she is able to create the lyrics of a song right there on the spot and sing it. I mean, but Les Mis was my first clue, like Miseranimals was my first clue that Deanna had this incredible music song uh, skill that uh, is, you know, oh, sort of Nice. But anyway, late Miseranimals, tell them, can you talk a little bit about that one? Well, there's, I don't know if these are interesting stories, but two little stories about late Miseranimals. So I I don't know how we came up with this idea, but anyway, it's a spoof of Les Miserables. And of course we had Bernadette Peters and she can sing like crazy. So, oh my God, we got to do that. And then Runt could be Valjean or Valjean. And then we got to jump. Anyway. Uh, my office was next to Randy Rogel's and Randy just got a piano. So Randy would be in his office beating out his, cause he wrote all those songs, you know? And so I'm <laughs> trying to write Les Mis lyrics and kind of parody the music while the piano's next door. Anyway, it was insane. And, uh, story number, that wasn't that interesting, but I enjoyed telling it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Before you go to your next, you know what your next story is? Well, it's still part of Les Mis. But tell tell them the other Randy Rogel uh, dentist story. Well, this is the part of it. Oh, okay. Um, but before that, I'd gone to the dentist, and there was a dent, dentist in, incident where they put a, a drill bit went up into my face. Huh. Like through my, it's horrible. Through my gums, up into my face, and I'd have dental surgery. Anyway, I had to have my mouth stuffed and I was on Vicodin or something while writing Les Mis <laughs> <laughs> and listening to Randy next door going, we're a couple of dogs, <laughs> little dogs. <laughs> I don't know what he was writing. Anyway, it was a, um, see, this is the thing about Tom and Animaniacs and that time of our lives is you could do anything. I, I mean, it was so great. But Deanna had this drill bit. Yeah, up here. She didn't know she had it. The dentist didn't know she had no. it. She had a drill bit stuck up inside her head. And and Randy is hitting some sharp notes next door. And she's yeah. 
<laughs> was so funny. But you got to keep writing. She wrote through well, the migraine. The other thing that I, I find uh, remarkable about Deanna is that I had seen uh, Les Mis. I had gone to like the, the theater center and seen it. And I thought, oh, that's great. You know, we, we should do a parody. Deanna not only had not seen it, she hadn't heard a single song. And yeah, at that time, yeah. She she created this this brilliant parody of it without ever having seen it. <laughs> and uh, there was a movie called Quest for Camelot that Warner Brothers released uh, maybe two years later. Do you remember this thing? Uh, Quest for Camelot it was an animated movie. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I think Sandy Howard, there are different people involved in Warner's feature animation. And I was invited over there. And I think uh, Eric Idle maybe did voices on it or something. And uh, they they really didn't want me anywhere near it. But, <laughs> they, but they, they all they talked about was how great uh, Deanna's Les Mis was, that, that episode. They said, yeah. oh, if our if our show, if our movie could be as good as that cartoon, wow. we'd be in great shape. And I said, well, Deanna's, you know, she's she's over there. Here's her number. And <laughs> they had already paid for their script. They had already used up their entire budget for the script. So, yeah. Oh, well, next time. And, and Quest for Camelot wasn't popular because of that. If she was only on. There you yeah. go. Yeah, they needed her. They needed her. <laughs> Quest for Camelot, I don't even know what it was about. I mean, Camelot, but uh, I don't know much. You know. It was about an hour and a half, I think. <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> oh. Hello. <laughs> well, of course, your other, you know, uh, you know, you wrote a few of the, the Rita and Runts, and, uh, you know, even some of the ones that were off-brand, really, for Rita and Runt, such as uh, Kiki's Kitten, I think, is is one that really oh, stood up. Yeah, Which, I like that. It yeah. stood out for us uh, uh, just because it was so silly compared to the other um, Rita and Runts. Uh, Les, Les Animals. I know Kelly is, I mean, that was one of the fronts. When we were first starting our podcast, Kelly was like, I can't wait to get to this episode, though. Yeah, that's a good. It just bit in on the butt. Uh, bit in <laughs> the butt. Got a little tear. Did a little damage to my derriere. I don't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bitten in the butt, got an awful tear, took a little nibble from my derriere. I will get you in the end, dog. You'll regret you bit me, chum. Oh, I am so irritated, I get bitten in the bum. Just everything came together for those. Um, and before we get into your, your other huge, you know, musical episode, uh, I, I, I think let's get to let's get to the good feathers. Um, yes. How did how did the good feathers come to be? Uh, there were pigeons in my backyard and I fed them and they wouldn't leave. Once you feed them, they stay. And then I went <laughs> to Tom and said, can we do a cartoon with three pigeons who want food? And then Tom said, yeah, but let's make them good fellows. I think that was your idea, Tom, the good fellows oh. angle. And that was like, oh yes. Cause that movie I knew <laughs> and they, it just fit Bobby squit and uh, pesto. My favorite character was the god pigeon. Oh. <laughs> well, you didn't have to write dialogue for him. Yeah, yeah, but he was just such a good presence. And the the translations of what he said were hilarious. So fun. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. 
he says we can go play poo poo bomba gears on the Lincolns, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> The God Pigeon, Sally, wants to know who you are. I'm Squit. <laughs> Squit? What kind of a name is that? <laughs> it's a stupid one, that's what. <laughs> Squit. <laughs> and I, I just want to give credit to Greg Rayner, who uh, directed a great number of uh, the uh, good, good fellow, good pigeon good cartoons. Good pigeons, and, yeah. And uh, he and his crew did an awesome job on that. Yeah. And then Spielberg got involved. He's the one that said you have to do the birds. Oh, right. Shot boys. for shot, he said. Oh, shot for shot. <laughs> that was one of his notes because uh, I had turned in a draft of the birds, and he goes, "No, I want this to be the movie, Alfred Hitchcock's movie, shot for shot." Like an uh, hour and a half long segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we achieved that, Deanna. <laughs> That's why we had the scene with Tippy Hepburn, ru- Hepburn running and the pigeon was on her head. And it was just, that was hard, actually, the Boyds. That was a hard one to make because, yeah. you know, you can't cover all that bird action. No, he wanted shot. It was, that was hard, but it was still fun. But Boyds. We're going to be stars. We're going to be somebodies. I don't know, Bobby. You can't just walk on a set with no experience and expect to be hired. This is Hollywood squid. Land of no reality. So keep your reality checks to yourself, you demented ding-dong. The whole Scorsese's head thing, Spielberg got a huge kick out of that. Yeah. That that I think that really sealed the deal. Spielberg officially yeah. loved the good pigeon when he brought in Scorsese's head. We want to prick yeah. on Scorsese's head. We want to stay here on the rooftop. We don't. We'd like to perch on Scorsese's head. Why can't we perch on Scorsese's head? Good fetish, perch on Scorsese's head. Sparrow should perch on Scorsese's head. On the rooftop, we get lots of sunshine. No one to perch on a clothesline. Up here, we have a boy's eye view. Humans drop food by the statue. We'd like to perch on Scorsese's head. Why can't we perch on Scorsese's head? Good fetish, perch on Scorsese's head. We're gonna perch on Scorsese's head. Now we've we've talked a little bit about how the the writing you kind of had to watch out that you didn't get too close to the the lyrics or tunes, uh, so you, that you wouldn't get sued. Although I don't know, it, now it seems like everybody can do what you know as long as they say it's parody, you can just do whatever. But um, I don't know. Deanna Deanna wrote lyrics. Uh, she wasn't she wasn't concerned about. Uh, the lawsuit that could happen because right. <laughs> that was going to be the the job of the, the musicians and the composers to take Deanna's lyrics and make sure that nobody's ever coming after Deanna. <laughs> and Tom, didn't Richard Stone, I think it was, say that you just like if it's we want to perch on Scorsese's head, but you just go, we want to perch on Scorsese's head. You just change a couple of the notes or go down instead of up. Yeah, it's like so, inverting it. Yeah, you invert the melody but they're so close and you you actually probably hear what you want to hear <laughs> so when well, yeah. we sing it now we sing it to the original tune but it really wasn't i wish i was the god pigeon if i were the god pigeon cooey 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 fettuccine cream sauce parmesan all the time i'd 
If I were the god pigeon, but I mean, birds would kiss my toesies. Shmooey, 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 must I totally veto Corleone? Lord showed them I wasn't born to lose. Make me boss of all them pidgey poos. I'd make offers no one can refuse. If I were the god pigeon, yeah. Was the process of writing uh, Pigeon on the Roof pretty similar to the, the songs yeah. of, of, of yeah. Side Pigeons and everything? Now, did you did you happen to for for you hadn't seen Les Mis before, but had you? I'm assuming you've seen West Side Pigeons and uh, not West West Side Story and right. Fiddler on the Roof beforehand. Yeah. Both um, sides. Okay did uh, did you did you come up with with again? Were you signed the uh, you know West Side Pigeons and Pigeon on the Roof, or is this something you came up with? Uh, as I think well? we pitch ideas to Tom, right? I think that was your, those were your yeah. thoughts. I think yeah. I go, hey, Tom, can I do uh, West Side Pigeons? And he says, okay. <laughs> Our pitch meetings were brief. And uh, Raging Boyd. <laughs> I, like, I like Raging Boyd. I could break him down with one whack. No big deal. Yeah, he's a nothing. Just good looking, that's all. You think he's good looking? I don't know. Everybody says he's good looking. Who says he's good looking? You say that? No way, not me. Forget about it. Well, he is kind of cute. But a bang. And that's, yeah. uh, I got a little note from Scorsese saying how much he liked that one. Wow. You did? Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, Stephen and Mar- Marty loves this one. Yeah. Well, that must be, yeah. I mean, Kelly, of course, is our resident Spielberg uh, fan. So, uh, Kelly, I mean, do you have any Spielberg related questions for Deanna? Uh, I guess I could ask, um, I mean, did you actually ever meet Spielberg personally or just see his notes? Yes, on the on Animaniac show and then after, yeah. He's nice. He's a big kid. I've heard. He's a nut. <laughs> Deanna and Sherry worked uh, with him, for him on, on some features, I believe. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just celebrated the 25th anniversary, and that is Casper. Uh, yeah. Casper. I and I see, you know, I, I you know, online I'll go to like different Facebook 90s groups or something where you know, they call themselves 90s kids or something like that and they'll post like a little picture of Christina Ricci dancing with Casper right. and they'll say, "Oh, he was my first crush and he was Yes. And, yeah. Everyone loved that Devon Sawa, is that his name? <laughs> You know that that movie had such a uh, you know holds such a special place in a lot of people's hearts for being such a a, a cute movie at the time. Um, yeah. One of our uh, listeners, uh, Bond Servant Four JC, I believe, says uh, she wanted to know how, if was it hard writing Casper. Yes, because we were writing Animaniacs, I think, and Spielberg said, "Why don't you and Sherry write a movie?" And we said, "Okay." And then we didn't know how. We didn't know how to write a movie. We knew how to write a cartoon. And we thought you had to have every minute planned. It was a process. We wrote a 35-page outline, and Spielberg said, this is great. And it had pictures in it. And he said, this is great, but there's no story. Huh. It was just like Casper gags, like kind of like a big cartoon. There was a little story, but not enough to make a movie. So he sent us back to the drawing board and worked with us, and we got it done, and it turned out very, very nice, very beautiful. But that that came from Animaniacs. Yeah, I think uh, Sherry and, and Deanna had written um, 
for Tiny Toons, the, the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Tiny Toons. That might have uh, at least put it in Stephen's head that these two are a team. Right. You know? Let me check here. Oh, see? No ghost there. Let me check over here. There. We can even check from here. There. See? Pleasure to meet you, sir. I got Scorsese's head in my my head. Yeah. Now we got that song in your head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. By the way, I think that um you know, with all the statues being torn down around the United States, I think putting up some Martin Scorsese statues with like three pigeons yeah. on the top of their head. That'd be great. That'd be great. You take down the Columbus statue and put up Scorsese. I know. Uh, well, Kelly's in Atlanta. I mean, there's there's play, there's there's some room, I think, or in the Atlanta area of some statues <laughs> being taken down. Yeah. You can put up <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> Why not? But for the Warners, <laughs> for the Warners, we have... Uh, him them against uh, Rasputin with nothing but the tooth. Uh, mm-hmm. You did the some of the Shakespeare ones. You did M- Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, of course, there's Survey Ladies. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> one of one of my favorites, um, the Warners and the Beanstalk. Yeah. Uh, which some of that is just shot by you know like fun and fancy free. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we there's like a there's a shot or two in Warner's and the Beanstalk where I'm like oh my gosh that's the exact same thing going up the stairs and everything that I saw with Mickey and of course with uh, Macbeth so you did a couple of the Shakespeare adaptations and uh, some some really uh, good ones right here but the I think the one that stands out for people is for Survey Ladies uh, tell us tell us a little bit about how that cartoon came to be and. You actually even voiced one of the survey ladies, Irma, mm-hmm. I think. Well, we we used to have a half, maybe half hour to an hour lunch break, and there was a mall next door to the offices. So we'd go to the mall, and every time we went to the mall, someone would step out saying, would you like to take a survey? And we'd, we're in a hurry, so we don't have time to take a survey. I don't want to take a survey. And they'd still chatter after you. And it happened so many times that we decided, let's just – make this crazy and then it became about beans speaking of beans the go that we should have made them goya beans we would today <laughs> george <laughs> went eating yeah. goya beans. do you like beans do you like all of a sudden so- all of a sudden the beans becomes a political question yeah. now do you like beans right becomes who you're gonna vote for this is interesting it, it kind of turned it on <laughs> turned it on its head because usually the warner brothers were doing the annoying but in this one it was we got to get away from these women. It was so fun. Do you eat beans? Do you like George Went? Do you like George Went eating beans? Would you eat beans with George Went? Like, what are we talking about? We just sort of <laughs> improvised. Would you like to take a survey? Okay. Do you eat beans? Would you like to see a new movie starring George Wendt? Do you eat beans with George Wendt? Would you like to see George Wendt eating beans in a movie? Do you eat beans at George Wendt movies? Would you like to see George Wendt in a bean-eating movie? How many beans do you eat at George Wendt bean-eating movie? How many bean-eating movies have you seen with George Wendt? Um, it's not that we wouldn't like to take your survey. Uh, it's more like we'd rather have dental surgery. Mm-hmm. If you were a bean, what kind of bean would you be? 
Wait, we're not finished. You'll have to start over now. The whole yeah. George Went thing, it was just total improv right there. That was just like, that was such a silly, as I remember yeah. like as, yeah. as a kid, Dad, who's George Went? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to see a movie starring George Went eating beans? <laughs> yeah, we were just going off. But, but, but the fact is that these, these survey people were, they weren't talking about beans and George Went. No. But their surveys were almost that absurd and most ridiculous. They were ridiculous and relentless, and they would not leave us alone, and they'd keep asking questions. And we, after we politely say, no, we don't have time for a survey. No, thank you. No survey today. That's okay. But, but do you ever shop at whatever the zone? Do you go in the zone? What about the zone? Do you like the zone? We don't want to give a survey. Please leave us alone. And it was every day. And you'd go, you'd get at the top of the escalator and look down and, and you'd look around. No survey ladies, we're free. Let's go. And He's, somehow you get to the bottom and shoom, there they are. Would you like to take a survey? Oh my that, God. That's something so that's that kids that today did. don't know. I mean, I remember when Nathan and I would go to the mall, we'd see those survey ladies at our mall and we wanted to be. Yeah, I'm like, oh, someone wants to know what I think about things? They would never <laughs> ask the kids. They would never yeah. ask the kids because of, I'm no, sure, legal they stuff. adults who are in a hurry and don't have time for surveys. Exactly. The kids that are totally ready to talk to an adult about random stupid stuff, they're, they won't talk to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> not only... So that's something that, you know, kids today will never know, really understand because, yeah, it was uh, not only do they not visit malls anymore, but uh, I mean, these were like pop up ads in human form, essentially. They're, now we're just closing out survey ladies all over our computer there screen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's a new world. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, let's see. I think we just have a few uh, uh, last questions just about the writing process and stuff. Um, let's see. Nathan, Kelly, what do you, what do you questions do you have? Okay. Um, so this one, um, so, oh, Deanna, I have a question from, uh, Demanth the captain, D-man the captain. There we go. So he says, I once heard that the Geico Gecko started life as a scrapped character for the series. Is that true? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Gecko and Chuckwalla. Tom and I are working on a film about them today. <laughs> I don't see how, how they could have got a hold of uh, Gecko and Chuckwalla. I mean, have you tried pressing charges or anything? <laughs> no, because no. I to did the, write about a Gecko, so uh, you can now, Deanna. You can cite you can cite some of the things like IMDb that IMDb have, says trivia. it. You can oh, cite, really? yeah. They put down that Deanna Oliver created the Geico Gecko. So I think you should. True. What the hell? I you should, didn't know that. You're missing out on some serious money here. Yeah. I need cash from those people. Uh, I will. I support her in her pursuits. All right, Tom, <laughs> keep those development papers so that we can yeah, have proof I in court. <laughs> okay, let's go back. Ask me that question again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask that question. yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, so this is from D Man the Captain. Deanna, I once heard that Geico Gecko started life as a scrapped character for the series. Is that true? Yes. All right. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, what question? Uh, do you say any questions on there that you'd like to, to ask? Uh, yes. Um, from SC, M A C Peter, SC Mac Peter, maybe? Um, <laughs> 
Is it hard to come up with ideas and how do you get out of writing in a corner? It's not hard to tell this, tell your listener to take improv because then you learn to say yes and to your own self, which means all ideas are great. They're just ideas. It's words on a page. So you're not afraid anymore because if you're afraid to say, oh, get going, Chuck Wall is a terrible idea. I'm not even going to say it. It might be a terrible idea, but you have to just keep, the more you say them, something's going to hit. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right, Tom? And improv helps you get over that judging of yourself. Oh, that's a bad idea. No, just any idea. And that frees your mind. That's my point. Go ahead, Tom. Yes and term, because that's that's, that's really, give us an example of yes and or, or in other words, whatever gets said before, you say yes and. Is that- right. So you say, um, it, Tom and I'll do it. It'd be funny if there was a skunk and she uh, smelled good all the time. Yes, and there was a, a, a really disgusting hog, but uh, smelled pretty too. And so they got together and made a perfume store. <laughs> yeah, no. and, and Keep going. Go, this is great. Let's write this down. No, no, no. You just, you just say that. I got, you I got a perfume you store. Don't, uh, you don't uh, judge yourself. And then you, you write all that down and then you pick out your best ones. And But if you stop yourself and you say, here's a bad example. There's a there's a smelly pig and he's kind of down the dumps. And the other guy says, nah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you don't. Re- so the key is not to reject the stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, to accept it and move on, yes. And in your own writing process, I'm talking about. Like, if you're in right. a room and you have to pitch to a studio exec, that's different. But even then, write down your ideas. The worst thing that can happen is they go, I don't want to do Gecko and Chuck Walla, but what else you got? That's mm. okay. Got to have a million of them. But if you're yep. in your room and you're saying, that's bad, I don't like that. Oh, that's not good enough. I, you, You're just going to go watch TV. You know what I mean? And Deanna's, you know, she teaches improv and is a director of improv, but the whole concept of yes and right. is really at the base of improv. Right. Uh, yeah, and th- this goes into uh, kind of a question here from Elaborate Sunma One, uh, who, has, who says, from what Tom Ruger said, you have millions of ideas for – you uh, have millions of ideas for segments in Animaniacs. Was there any ideas that you pitched that you wish got made over others? And kind of a related question from uh, Pierce Murphy. Uh, what's the funniest idea that never made it to air? No, I, Tom's, a, Tom's a genius and he picked the right ones. Yeah, no, everything, everything gelled together. You, you, you pick the right ideas and you allow them to flourish and, allowed us to come up with uh, more ideas. And the the idea of mine that didn't make it to uh, the show, it's genius. I don't understand. It was called Baby Maze, <laughs> where I had babies in diapers just trying to make it through a maze. And there was no story, just babies crawling through a maze. And Tom said, no. And it, <laughs> if, if that had been in the show... We would have had movies and toys. I know. And, I know. Uh, they, you can't see me when you just do the recording, but I'm kidding. There, I can't think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> were, there, okay. were, there, were there live action? Uh, were there live action babies? Yeah, live action babies in a cartoon. I think, 
I, that I would like to see. I'd like to watch. Grab a bunch of babies. But and that put was them all it was, Tom, for thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then it would yeah. say "Baby Maze." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next week on Baby Maze. Uh, I guess like puppy bowl because it's just puppies pushing a football around. Yeah. Hey. I think I think it's doable. On today's show, we're preparing shish kebab. Meet Bob. Dogs and cats and big fat monkeys and mice. Cooked in butter, served with gerbils and rice. Gonna grab some pets today. In the kitchen, let's all play. This may offend you. It's pets on the menu. Yum! Join us now and taste some meat that's sweet. I bet you'll wanna catch a pet to eat. Here's Lonnie, what a guy. And Sassy, she's so shy. It may offend you. You may transcend to the global zen view of pets on the menu. With Mrs. Let's get into talking about something that has just recently premiered on YouTube. This was filmed about 15 years ago or so, Tom, you think? I think I saw yeah. 2004 yeah. Uh, copyright on it. But this is uh, four episodes have been put on YouTube. I don't know if there's any more, but there's there's four episodes and it's called Pets on the Menu. And... <laughs> This is this is something wild, folks. This is let me just preface this by saying this is not this is not a show for little kids. I would not put your little kids in front of watch. Uh, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love it. it, it it's uh, and the theme song is uh, the music of the theme song is by Randy Rogel. Yes. Does he did he do the little interstitial kind of uh, piano stuff? Yeah. In between? Do, 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 do. All that yeah. stuff. <laughs> We wrote the lyrics because Randy didn't know what the show was about. So we had to write the lyrics. So Randy's going to tour the country doing Pets on the Menu music. <laughs> <laughs> Deanna was, we shot that in what, in four days, Deanna? On a weekend at your house, yeah. Four days. Yeah. And Deanna, I, she worked so hard and she was so great. I mean, she talk about improv. She was just <laughs> making stuff up nonstop. When, when she went out to, uh, we were gonna, we were talking about having uh, the meat of the horse, and she went out. We found a horse in the neighborhood, just sitting there, standing there, and and <laughs> horse, 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 musky horse, horse. I was insane. <laughs> we found a horse. You know, some rich people keep horses for pets, which shows you how depraved money can make a person. Horses are very difficult to keep. There's grooming, riding, shoeing, mucking of the stall. I would no more muck a stall than I would clean my own oven. But they're large animals filled with delicious protein, and you can make a huge goulash that would serve, well, it would serve an army. And I believe that has been done before. This horse will make a delicious meal, and you can use the head later as a practical joke. Slip the head into the silk sheets of an ex-lover and then watch him laugh. Oh, well, no, enough about that. Bag him, Lonnie. What, with this? Yes, please go do. Ride him, cowboy. Put him in the bag. Get that horse. Do your thing. Go for it. Wee-haw! Horsey, horsey, horsey. I ride a horse, I ride a horse, and eat a horse, I ride a horse. 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 A horse, I ride a horse
Yeah, that was very fun and crazy and bonkers and wild and zany and cooking pets. I mean, it's everything. It shows what you can do with a camera and a little sound equipment. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tom, when you were making this show, um, it, it also features, uh, oh, and I forget the actress's name, but she was, and she ended up being on Big Brother, uh, I think on a few. Uh, oh, yeah. Je- Janelle. Yeah. The uh, Sassy. 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 Turned out, she wound up to be uh, like a, a, a major winner on Big Brother, Deanna. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I wondered what happened to her. She's and uh, her, I think we spelled her name wrong in the credits. <laughs> well, she she's very much a ditzy kind of, uh, you know. At least Hello Nurse had some brains going on. Sassy, I don't think has any uh, stuff going on. Unfortunately, her, you know, Janelle herself does, but yes, uh, Sassy was uh, very much uh, not creative in the craft uh, corner. <laughs> no, she and uh, really kind of uh, very very pretty and wanted to be discovered. So that's why she. Uh, but Tom. Uh, Tom, there was one scene in the kitchen and she was babbling about something. And I literally, I think I broke character because I said, I love her. I really do. I mean, <laughs> out of character and sarcastic. No, I love her. I really, I was like talking to you because I didn't know what she was saying. <laughs> Lonnie, there's a scene where Lonnie is milking, uh, is oh. kind of mine milking a gerbil, I think. Right. Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah. So funny. So it's like this this uh, pets on the menu now it says national lampoons at the front of it i guess my question is was this being made for was this being made for national lampoon or was yes, it was made for national lampoon they they uh i guess did they pass anything Deanna? i don't think they did. what's that did they pass anything you paid no. me i don't think they paid you not much I mean, it was for National Lampoon had a a college, uh, a closed circuit college channel that uh, went out to uh, colleges that signed up for it. And it, but beyond that, that's that's where the shows were shown. Okay. On that, that little sort of uh, network. And beyond that, uh, <laughs> it, this is it. <laughs> this is the premiere. The show was the show because I've seen the episodes, and I would probably say the show is Brian to be a little bit of Mad Magazine in a, in a sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I've never really read National Lampoon or anything, but it did feel like college humor, Mad Magazine, just insanity going on, just with Deanna, yeah. like how you uh, with Mrs. Dietz, like going, ooh, just flying, literally flying, jumping through the door. <laughs> Here we go. And then she spent a, a, a month up in Chino. facility in Chino. And I'm back. I'm back. Oh, so fun, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, it makes me laugh. I, 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 I remember when we made it and I went back to New Jersey and I showed it to my parents and my, my dad is a big dog and cat lover. He said, I, I think you should go back to making cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, all the pets, the quote unquote pets that are uh, apparently cooked are all obviously stuffed animals and everything like that. That it's, it's very also, much. Oh, notice Lonnie always said I couldn't do it. Yes. This is Lonnie, not- whenever Lonnie's told to like, go kill this animal. Yeah. And then he comes back and he couldn't do it. He's never killed a pet. No pets were killed. No, no, that's right. I, I, I watched all four, and it clearly, uh, we we definitely uh, did not even insinuate that we were killing. Them. 
Yeah. Uh, a little uh, bit with the horse, maybe. But maybe that was so monk, cartoony. The meat of the monk. <laughs> there's a lot of other insinuations going on uh yeah. especially with the fingy or whatever with uh <laughs> nicholas hollander gosh so i uh, you just this is it's all available joke i didn't get it until now <laughs> you can watch all these episodes they're over on tom uh tom you just started up your uh youtube page recently yes please sign up because it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> yeah, so that's a cartoonatics on YouTube. And we'll have the link in our show notes and everything like that so that people can check that out. Hi, this is Slappy Squirrel, and unfortunately you're listening to the Animaniacast. We have the, the reboot of Animaniacs coming out, and uh as many of our audience members probably know already, uh you were not involved in this reboot. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, what are your what are your general thoughts on this? Do you have any? Uh, uh, I wish them the best of luck. I don't know why they didn't have any of us. We're all still alive. Was my first reaction. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're all still alive. We could do it again. But maybe they want something new and different. And they're not doing all of the delightful little shorts that buttress Pinky in the Brain and Warner Brothers, as I understand. So, yeah. Yeah, we, and also, yeah, I don't need that show. I got all those Geico royalties coming in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm glad we finally solved that. Got that question. I envy her, her Geico. Yeah, oh, Tom, boy. I'm rolling in the dough over. <laughs> well, that'll let's go ahead and wrap things up then, I suppose. Uh, but before we do, we'll get to uh, contact information. What about the Water Tower Award? Oh, the water tower. We, we do that for. We do that for. I give cartoons. you five. We give out you of five water towers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I see. Time, okay. Yes. I got something else. Okay. Yeah, it's time for our water tower rating. We all give Deanna five water towers. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> Triple agreement. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Uh, Nathan, where can people find you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Django FT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. And you can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. And of course, Tom, we all know that you are on, you're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. You got your YouTube page. And of course, you're, you got cartoonatics.blogspot.com where, you know, you can see some behind the scenes stories and pictures and stuff like that in the archives. It's a great resource for any Animaniacs fan. You should, should be proud of that, Tom good stuff it's not geico uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh and of course tom can be found at uh, tom do you still have your job uh putting uh, uh uh the shopping carts away at albertson's or is that uh, uh on the weekends that's where the big tips are. okay good good all right and deanna uh as for yourself what where can uh people uh find out more information about the groundlings or just uh, get in contact i with think you? on instagram i'm deanna underline Oliver, underline director. Ooh, well, we'll have yeah. to definitely make sure we follow you there. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Facebook, you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, uh, as Deanna Oliver, yep. Facebook. Okay. And I think that's it. Well, in 2021, when uh, the Groundlings is back in operation and everything, uh, I'll have to make sure that, you know, at least, at the very least, Nathan and I stop by. 
yeah, stop by. Check out, it, check out his show. It's a little easier for us being in the in the West Coast area. It's a little harder for, Ke- for Kelly on the other side of the country. But you know, we'll, we'll do what we can because we got we got us we got to we got to see uh, you know everything in person and check out the Groundlings finally after all these years. Yes. So great time. It's a good show. Usually great shows. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan Kelly. Tom and Deanna. This is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Wipe your feet. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast, unless otherwise indicated. Like your feet.